0: soon but would you guys please welcome to the destiny stage my friend brian schwartz appreciate you well thank you all pastor chad tasha man look, look at that full beard can we take that down it's like a glamour shot hey guys Um, yeah, I just, uh, Chad and I were talking a little bit earlier, um, just spent a little bit of time together and we're just in a unique season in the body of Christ. Um, that's not a very profound statement. We're in a season that is, is pretty intense. Would you guys agree? And it's easy to like look at everything and be negative and critical and even a little pessimistic at times. And, uh, I was flying over yesterday and was just praying, um, praying and doing my best to seek his face on a plane ride which is not always easy and i just heard this little whisper in my my brain my heart i don't know how you hear god i just hear little phrases at times and i i've walked enough uh with him to to blame it on him when i get those in my head because i'm not not that smart and i just heard man it's it's and maybe he doesn't say it like that but this is how i heard i was like man this is This is not the season to complain. This is the season to train. Not as much excitement on that. (laughs) But we're in a real divine season. The word of God says the sons of Issachar were one of the tribes of Israel. And the good news is you've got pastors and leaders that are attempting to hear what the season is. That's not always the case. I've been around the kingdom world for a long time, and, and you've got a pastor and his wife that are attempting to press into God so they can actually hear what season you all are in as a people so they can do their best to, to figure out the next steps because there's different seasons, right? We're in a different season of the year right now, and different seasons reveal different things. They reveal different opportunities, I remember I grew up on a farm I grew up on a dairy farm and and I couldn't figure it out as a kid we would go out with our dad my brother and I and he would take us out to these fields and he would bring a tractor with a big scoop and he would say okay get out of the cab and I want you guys to go pick rocks and so we would pick rocks because we had to plow those fields later and plant seed and do all that but but the rocks would cause issues, right? And so every year we would go to the same field. And I, as a little kid, I'm going, how do these rocks keep growing? <laughs> and I didn't understand that different seasons bring stuff to the surface that's been buried. And so when you understand the kingdom and, and Moses, that's why I think he cried out to to God when they came out of Egypt you guys remember that they came out of Egypt and they're completely confused on one hand they're delivered but they're infected with Egypt they've got so much that's in them that's toxic and then God takes them on this wilderness journey they go into a season of wilderness right and and it starts immediately starts bringing to the surface things that they didn't have to deal with in Egypt and when these things get brought to the surface, this humanity starts rising up in them that goes, that, that, that started to complain and, and moan. And, and Moses disappeared. Remember that? He disappeared for like 40 days. And so here he, he helped deliver them, gives them the promises of the Father, and then he disappears. And sometimes with God, he disappears. You don't hear him like you used to hear him. It's not quite as simple as it used to be, and and it's a real test, because when you're not hearing him, the noise outside of him gets so much louder, doesn't it? And so Moses, so he disappears, of course we know what happened, there was fireside partying and aerobics that took place that involved a calf, right? And they went back to the thing they knew best. They went back to, in their human nature, they went back to the thing that at least seemed to bring momentary peace, right? And, and they created a God that they could actually physically see because it's hard to worship deities that you can't see. They'd been trained, you got to see it to believe it. And then they'd meet this Yahweh who says, you don't need to see me to believe me. And it's just a weird dynamic. Like if you think about what we're here this morning trying to do is like we believe in an invisible deity. Yeah. 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 That his greatest desire is for you and me as the church to be the expression of him. And you know what material you're made of. I know what material I'm made of. That's pretty heavy. Heavy. And so Moses comes down, and of course we have a correction and a rebuke, but the next chapter in Exodus 33, you read, him, read about him just crying out to the Father. In Exodus 33, you can look at it later, just Lord, show me your ways. Yeah. And I think that's what Chad and Tasha, this is where God has you guys positioned. It's the season of, of simultaneously being totally discontent with the way things are. You guys felt that? Like there's something in you that goes, it's not just with church, it's kind of like with everything. If there's something that's, that's being triggered in us that goes, it's, I just, it's not okay. I'm not okay with the way things are. And if you don't have a renewed mind, and that's what he spoke to my heart, is like desperate times require renewed minds. And if you're not processing through the mind of Christ, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, Paul says in verse 16, we have been given the mind of Christ. Literally, through the Spirit of God, through his divinity in us, we have the capacity to actually have his perspective on everything. What an amazing gift. So I can look at the chaos all around me and I can feel this discontentment in me and still because of who's in me is greater than he that's in this spirit of the world. He, through his spirit, can actually give me perspective on stuff that seems so chaotic. And that's what Moses is crying out for. Lord, give me your perspective on this wilderness we're in because we not only need that, show me your ways that I might know you better. And this is how you get to know him better as he starts showing you how his ways work. Why different seasons bring stuff up from the dark. Why rocks that you thought you got rid of last year showed back up this year? Why things in your marriage that you thought you dealt with now are showing up? Stuff that you thought never was in your kids starts showing up. When you got seven of them, man, that's a lot of stuff that starts showing up. And then different seasons provoke different things. And it's just like, oh my, it's just overwhelming. And the enemy's language is Chaos. He wants to create such a swirl and such a chaos that you don't know how to think well. Yeah. Romans chapter 12, one through two, you'll see it on the screen. You see Paul's admonition to the church. It says, I appeal to you, brothers, in view of the mercies of God, right? To present your bodies, to present yourself like in the Old Testament, they would bring a representative of them. They would bring animals and different things to present before God and sacrifice, right? And then Paul tells us that now we're, we're the sacrifice. What we can give him is we bring ourselves to him. And we offer ourselves to Him. present your body as a living sacrifice. Pastor Chad mentioned I played in the NFL. And every year we had training camp. And the weeks leading up to training camp, I got so depressed because I knew what was coming. My mind immediately went to what we're going to have to go through. What I'm going to have to do to my body to prepare to go through that. We did training camp in Jacksonville where it's in August, mid-90s. Come on, Andersons. In 97% humidity, every day at 3 p.m., the skies open up and rain. And I had a coach named Tom Coughlin that never took a break. He, he, it didn't matter if it was lightning, didn't, it's like you're going to practice through every storm. And I got good news for you. You have a, a God that says you're going to practice through storms. Jesus trained his disciples. Church, we're going into this season of training. And we got to get ready for training camp. I mean this prophetically. this is no, this is not me going, hey guys, let's think. No, I'm telling you, whether you want to or not, God's going to take you into training camp. Because in the kingdom there is no practice squad. We had a 53-man roster, and then we had another roster that was called the practice squad. And the practice squad were dummies. I don't mean mentally. They were used as like tackling dummies. They were positioned to like give their bodies, to, to give themselves, we put the scripture back up, they, were, they literally gave themselves their body as a sacrifice. As an athlete, when I read this scripture, I understand what's required. My body as an NFL player, especially a middle linebacker, I had to give my body as the sacrifice. And Paul is challenging the church in view of the mercy of God, in view of the reality that that he chose you out of every other human. He chose to put his spirit in you. He called you. Romans 8, 29 says, Those he called, he justified. Those he justified, he predestined to be conformed to the image of his son Jesus. Those he predestined, he's glorified. So you're in this process while you're in this earthly realm. He is literally taking you through a training for an age that's yet to come. That's what's hard about walking with Jesus. You're training for something that's not come. And you get little glimpses of it, and then storms hit. And you lose the glimpse of it and how easy it is to become human again, to be dominated by human emotion and human feelings. He's saying, give your body as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Holy and acceptable. Holy means set apart. Just like when I got the call on draft day, I was 1995. I'm sitting in a one bedroom apartment in Phoenix, Arizona. I played at a little division two school in South Dakota. And I had this opportunity that got put in front of me. I just got married. I graduated college, just got married to my college sweetheart. We moved out to Phoenix to go into training mode because I knew scouts and teams were coming to time me and watch me and evaluate me and examine me. And church, we're in a season of examination. He's bringing us through fire to bring scrutiny. He's scrutinizing the church, not because he's a mean dad, because he's a good dad. Because every good dad knows what's in his kid, and it develops a culture that tries to pull out simultaneously a culture that tries to make them distinct and set apart for the Lord. But also has to deal with and bring compassion in the midst of their plight. The best coaches I ever had saw something in me I couldn't see. And I'm sitting there in, in, in Phoenix, Arizona, waiting on a phone call. That was back when the phone was still attached to the wall. It's a strange phenomenon that you guys know nothing about. And so the first day of the draft, they did the first two rounds. I thought I could, I, was, I was projected to go low first round to fourth round. I was a small college football player. Went to a little division two school. All the odds stacked against me. I wasn't serving Christ at all. I hadn't given my life to him as a sacrifice. End of the first round, no sweat. Figured I probably wouldn't go. Second round pick after pick after pick after pick, gets all the way to the third from last pick of the second round. I'm like, ah, it ain't gonna happen today. I wasn't necessarily bummed. I was just grateful for the opportunity. But inwardly, inwardly I wanted to go on that first day. And I felt like I'm just supposed to remind you all and remind myself of who actually called you. And why you should give everything. Why you should give you as the offering. Why you should trust Jesus when he says, get in a boat and go out into the deep. Cause this is how Jesus trained. He trained his disciples by taking them into impossible situations. There's too many people, we can't feed them all. Let's send them off. Let's, let's pawn them off on somebody else. Jesus goes, you're them something to eat. Yeah. Yeah. And they immediately start going, well, I ain't got this, I ain't got that. We ain't got enough. Yeah. Then Jesus just calmly goes, what do you have? Because yeah. this is what the enemy, this is how the enemy works. He tries to overwhelm with odds. Yeah. And Jesus didn't come just to save people, he came to represent a father. He came to, to show tangibly who the father actually is. Yeah in storm, in real life. And Jesus chose disciples based upon what only the Father could see in them. Then the Father said, choose him. And in the natural, Peter wasn't the first choice. To many other teams, I was not a choice, but all I needed was one team. In the last pick of the second round, the phone rings and my heart just started going. (laughs) This is it. I pick up the phone. Those he called. Have you forgotten who called you? I got good news. Like he who started something in you, Philippians 1, 6 says, he is faithful to complete it in you. Philippians 2, later in the chapter, it says he is willing and working in you to transform you. It's he who's working and willing for his good pleasure. Pick up the phone. Hello? Hello? Schwartz, it was Tom Coughlin. You ready to be our middle linebacker? What do you think my response was? Do you think I hesitated and was like, oh, I don't know, coach, let me think about it. Still keeping my options open. No, it was an immediate, because of why? Because of the magnitude of the reality of the one who was calling It caused me to immediately surrender everything, move to a city I'd never been to, ditch my crappy old furniture. Excuse me, can I say crappy? Okay. Ditch all of it, count as rubbish. Remember Paul said that in Philippians three, I count everything as dumb compared to knowing him. To, To just know the experience of what I was about to step into, Everything inside of me said yes. Wasn't counting the cost, didn't even care about camp. I just was set free. I was no longer an amateur, I was a pro and a second round pick. So I knew what was coming, money was coming. More money than I'd ever seen in my entire existence. I knew what was gonna be provided. First class tickets. i would never flown. It caused me to like recalibrate everything in my life to go after the promise, because there was a prize. Have you forgotten who called you? Have you forgotten the prize? Because I'm asking you to buy into giving everything, to go into storms when they come and not be afraid. and go into training camp over these next several days, weeks, months, maybe even a whole year of dedicating yourself to training and development. How many of you want revival? Okay, seven of us want revival. Come Lord. No, how many of you, no, sincerely, how many of you wanna see something happen in this realm? Listen to me, this realm, something happened that comes from his realm his kingdom that comes into this realm that he assigned to us. The original assignment was to humanity. This was supposed to be our home turf. I've played at the Chiefs Stadium, Arrowhead. It is a great home field advantage. You got a bunch of drunk people that are radically on fire. They're true fanatics. And when you go in there, and I play defense, when you go in there and, 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 and it's loud, earth was supposed to be our assignment. It was supposed to be our home field advantage and then humans gave it away. They gave it away. And now we're, we've been planted in hostile territory. We have literally been planted, assigned to hostile territory. Go back to that day when God called you. Remember Matthew said, there's many are called, but few are, what does that mean? If you look at the parable, basically it's this, many got invited, but many didn't say yes because they were preoccupied with so many different things. I get it, in a room like this, you're preoccupied with so many different things. Then you come in here and we try to convince you, give up everything and go all in. And it sounds sexy when you're in here and like the worship songs were great today. Man, wasn't that great? Like we literally got to participate in the divine nature this morning. Second, Remember 2 Peter 1, Peter said, through the promises of God and getting to know Jesus, we get to participate in the divine nature. You literally got to participate in the divine nature because corporately when two or more are gathered, he's there. So we've got him here, we've got the spirit in us and we've got music helping us. And then we're releasing the word of. God and the angels of God in Psalm 103 says, when the word of God is released, the angels come to perform that word. Like God was doing stuff in you this morning. You didn't even know he was doing and you may not know it for three months. We're asking you to buy into that and go all in. And I understand why you don't. Cause there's seasons I don't want to. There's seasons I don't go on. 2022 was one of the worst years of my life. And I'm not gonna give you my little story. And listen, I'm telling you, this year has been brutal. Absolutely brutal. Massive storms. At 30, I didn't handle the storms the same way I do at 50. Got seven children, 26 down to 14. Most of my time spent with my children right now is going, that's completely normal. Everything you're feeling is completely normal. (laughs) Dad, I don't know why this is completely normal. that's what a dad does. A dad goes, simultaneously goes, that's, I can understand you completely, completely normal. There's not something wrong with you. You're not all jacked up because kids and young people interpret when things get hard, something's wrong. For me, when things get hard, I'm like, I'm on the hunt because something's about to happen. I want to get the young people to that place. When something gets hard, they're like, ooh, That hunting dog starts coming out in them. (laughs) Something in the divine starts awakening. Something in them goes, this is my cue to get ready for breakthrough. Joshua and Caleb see giants. Everybody else is freaked out. We look like grasshoppers. Now they see us as grasshoppers. Joshua and Caleb go, hey, let's go by all means. Let's just go in and take the land. They're our bread. They literally saw giants as food. Cause Paul's going, listen, give your body as a living sacrifice. Through him you've been made distinct. Through him, can we put that back up there? You've been made holy. Holiness is not behavior. Holiness is separate, separ- you've been set apart. The one who called you set you apart. He made you holy and acceptable. Jesus made you holy and acceptable. You can try to run from that. You can try to self-destruct. David said, man, when I'm in heaven, you're there. And he said, when I make my bed in hell, you're there. You can try to run from it. You can try to get out of the calling. You can try to go, why did you choose me? At some point, you just need to yield to the reality that he chose you. In spite of you, in spite of your family history, in spite of your family tree, in spite of your current dysfunction, he chose you. He sets you apart. He made you distinct. And then the next verse, he goes, into this he says don't be conformed don't let this stinking world system squeeze you into its mold because it's producing seed after its own kind but you've been given Peter says imperishable seed what's in you is not perishable you've been born again 2 Corinthians 5 17 says you're a brand new creation You're, you're after his kind. He says, don't be conformed, but be transformed. Why? Transform. I see it written as, unless I'm reading it wrong, is that say transform? And that Greek word for that is metamorpho. And you guys know the example, right? Of the caterpillar and butterfly. It's the greatest example of metamorphosis. Carry the same genome, but it becomes something completely different. When you're born again, you carry the human genome, and now you've got a new spiritual genome. And the more you give yourself, your body, your time, your energy, your effort, you give you as the offering... Because Ephesians 2.10 says you're his masterpiece. You're his literal masterpiece. Individually and corporately, you're his masterpiece. When God took Eve out of Adam, he he took the substance that was in Adam, that was the substance that he breathed into him. He took the same substance from the man and put it in the woman. They're of the same substance. When you're born again, you were born again from an age to come. Not this age. You're born again from a different realm. Before you were in your mother's womb, he knew you. You've been set apart. And so when storms hit, when you get into these moments, the way to be transformed is to look through the lens of Christ. And caterpillars that are just destined to eat dirt over great time, over the course of time, they go into this state where they're being transformed. We're going into a season where we're going, going gonna have to go into a state of transformation. And that state is development. You can run from it. This is the hour to learn how to pray. This is the hour to learn how to fight. This is the hour to take up your weapons of warfare and figure out how to use the word of God properly. This is the time to ignore those that have an appearance of godliness, but deny the power of it. This is the season to simultaneously run to the altar of God and flee from the altar of this world. And it doesn't matter what you've done these last few months or few years. Doesn't matter what's hit planet earth. What are you going to do today? Because all you got is today. You don't got tomorrow. And through this process of training, storms, seasons, you start discerning his will because you're being tested. Testing reveals what's not in you and what's in you. How many want revival? Okay. Are you ready when it hits? Have you studied when revival hits? Mass repentance. Are you ready to repent? Repentance isn't just changing what you think, it's changing how you think about everything. Are you ready to filter through the lens of Christ, filter your cultural stuff, filter your political ideologies? Because if you ain't ready to filter all of your life through the lens of the kingdom, you are not ready for revival. Because if you're still bound by this earthly idea, just because it seems virtuous doesn't mean it's godly. Are you ready for him to like literally reveal to you Something that causes you to fall on your face before him and go, I need you to transform me. Because that's what revival looks like. Revival looks like a bride that actually is gonna get ready for the bridegroom to come back. And until he comes, she gets ready. She deals with all of it, not just the easy stuff. So who wants revival? (laughs) Ha <laughs> ha